The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March Design broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace. Good morning. It's my great blessing and privilege to be able to speak to you in this way. We're so very blessed this morning to be able to have Elder Buddy Abernathy, who is a member of Zion Primitive Baptist Church 
in Gordo, Alabama, to be preaching for us. In a few minutes, Brother Buddy will come and bring the message. I would like to invite you to come and worship with us at Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at six o'clock. We enjoy worshiping the Lord in a very simple manner. We come together, we sing, we preach, and we pray, and we rejoice in the message of salvation by grace alone. If you've never heard that message, then we're very happy to share that with you here on the radio broadcast, and we're very thankful for the stations that allow us to continue to broadcast. Our website at Bethlehem is BethlehemPBC.org. That's BethlehemPBC.org. I would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to me by email, it's a very easy way to communicate. My email address is Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W.com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W.com. Following this song, Elder Buddy Abernathy, member of Zion Primitive Baptist Church near Gordo, Alabama, will be bringing the message. appreciate this opportunity to speak to you again here on Brother Tim's broadcast. And a few weeks ago, we brought the first part of the message that we want to try to finish today. Now, I know that some of you didn't hear that first part of the message. And those of you that did, uh, you may not be able to recall at this time much about it. So let me quickly review what we brought to you at that time. We talked about the creation in the Garden of Eden, how that God created Adam from the dust of the earth, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. 
The Lord said it was not good that the man should be alone. So he formed woman from Adam's rib and brought her unto him. And uh, it was then said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she will be called woman because she was taken out of the man. And then marriage is instituted because it says uh, that for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So we see here that the reason that uh, a man uh, leaves his father and mother and is to cleave unto his wife is because God ordained it to be that way. And then we noticed in Genesis chapter 3 and the first six verses that uh, Adam disobeyed God. You remember God had given him one law in the Garden of Eden. He said, of, the, of every tree you can freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we know that Adam partook of that tree. And the consequence that God told him would result is exactly what happened. God said, in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. We know Adam didn't die right then and there. But I believe the point is that the curse of death, the process of dying, was now a part of his uh, physiology. And though Adam lived much, much longer than we do today, nonetheless, he ultimately died a physical death in the same way that we will die a physical death. And this is explained in Romans 5.12, where Paul says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. And then we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians 15:22 which says as in Adam all die even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And the point we really tried to emphasize in that message is that physical death is an unavoidable consequence of Adam's disobedience. And we were affected by his disobedience because by one man's sin entered into the world, death by sin, and death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So that's what we tried to emphasize, that the reason we experience sickness, the reason we age, the reason we become weaker, and ultimately experience a physical death is because Adam disobeyed God in the garden, and God said, In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, what we want to focus on today is what I've looked forward to uh, the whole time. Turn to um, Romans uh, chapter 5 and verse 19. It's still referring to Adam, as it did in verse 12, and that's going to be very obvious. It says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. 
so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Notice the first part of that verse. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. In the same way that as a result of Adam's sin, we all receive the curse of physical death in like manner. As a result of Adam's sin, we were also made sinners. Now, we want to talk to you today about the effect of Adam's sin in this regard. In the same way that Adam's sin brought about what will ultimately result for each one of us as a physical death in like manner, uh, we, ex- we uh, experienced in Adam a separation from God. That's the meaning of the word death, separation. That is, because Adam's sin, we became a sinner. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now, in the same way that uh, his disobedience brought physical death into the world, in like manner, uh, his disobedience brought spiritual death into the world. And this is made clear uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, where it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, we'll get to the first part of that verse later on, but all I want to show you now is that it describes the condition we were in prior to God quickening us, which means imparting spiritual life. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were separated from God, and that spiritual death is no different than the curse of Adam's sin in the physical realm in that it uh, brings a permanent curse upon humanity. Now, notice how that the Bible goes at great lengths to describe this. Now, uh, first of all, let me turn to Psalms chapter 14. And I want you to think about this, that these same thoughts are expressed not only in Psalms 14, uh, but also in Psalms 53. So it must be very important for us to understand this if it's mentioned twice in the Bible. So Psalms 14, uh, beginning with uh, verse 2, it says, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And here's the answer. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now, this is not the way God created man. This is the result of Adam's sin. In the same way that physical death was a consequence, In like manner, notice here, he's speaking of a spiritual separation. 
because he's talking about people that are alive in a physical sense. But it says in verse 3 that they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now turn over to Romans chapter 3. Paul will go into even more detail about this. And there's one particular verse there that I want to emphasize to make an important point. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, notice what Paul says. And keep in mind, this is a result of Adam's disobedience. This is what separated with uh, Adam's disobedience separated us from God spiritually. Paul says in Romans 3.10, as it is written, referring back to what we read to you in the book of Psalms, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now notice how Paul describes this. He begins saying, verse uh, 10, there's none righteous. Verse 11, there's none that understandeth. And there's none that seeketh after God. The end of verse 12 says, there's none good, no, not one. Now again, This is not describing man as he was prior to Adam's fall. This is describing man not physically, but he's describing man spiritually, the condition of his heart, the condition of his mind, the condition of his soul. As a result of Adam's disobedience, we are dead in trespasses and sins. That is separate and apart from God making a change in us. We are totally dead spiritually. Now here's what's important to understand. Uh, All of us understand that when a person is dead physically, they have no ability to feel, hear, sense, or respond to anything in the natural realm. And the reason they can is because they're naturally dead. And here's what's so often misunderstood in the religious world, is that in the same way that a physically dead man cannot be affected by outside influence, in like manner, if someone is dead in trespasses and sins, that simply means Uh, They are not affected in any way by any spiritual influence that man may try to impose upon them. Notice how Paul described this in 1 Corinthians 2.14. He says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Now, I want you to think about that. The natural man, here's a man that has natural life. He doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God in the same way that a uh, radio with no source of power, no batteries, no electrical uh, plug, in the same way that that radio cannot receive and transmit a signal. In like manner, if there's no spiritual life in someone, they don't respond to spiritual things. Now, someone may say, well, you know, uh, I was preached to by someone that told me that I was dead in trespasses and sins, and that if I would respond to their preaching and make a decision or accept Christ, that I would then be born again. I would then come to have spiritual life. But what they don't understand is the only reason that they were influenced by that preacher's preaching is because they already had spiritual life. And instead of them making a decision to get spiritual life, they were simply responding to life they already had. And we'll address that in just a moment. But what I want you to see so far is that man, as a result of Adam's sin, was made a sinner. He was separated from God. He's dead in trespasses and sins. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Furthermore, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul said, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. So we see that man can't save himself. We see that another man can't save someone. So when asked this question, how do individuals get saved? Well, notice first of all, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. For the sake of time, I want to stop there. This simply says that God chose a people in Christ and he predestinated them unto the adoption of children. That just means that God chose them before time began and determined that they would be with him. Now, as a result of Adam's sin, we've already established that these that God chose and predestinated to be with him were separated from God. So how's this problem resolved? Well, that, that's the reason Jesus came into the world. He solved this problem. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, it talks about how that we have uh, been redeemed by his blood. Jesus offered himself to God. You see, redemption is paying a price and getting what you paid for. Jesus 
offered himself to God. Hebrews 10.14 says, By one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are the sanctified? That means set apart. When were they set apart? They were set apart in Christ before the world began. We have redemption through his blood, not through his blood plus our decision, not through his blood plus our faith, not through his blood uh, plus our baptism, but through his blood plus nothing. He didn't offer himself to you. He offered himself to God. And I like the passage in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, He that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Adam made us a sinner. Jesus, who's referred to as the second Adam, made us righteous. He redeemed us. He reconciled us to God. He resolved the problem that Adam made for all of his posterity. Jesus came to save his people from their sins, and that's exactly what he did. He saved them. Now, we only have a couple of minutes left, but this is really the most important part that I wanted to emphasize. When a person is dead in trespasses and sins, Although Jesus redeemed them 2,000 years ago at the cross, they still need spiritual life. How do they get that life? You remember the verse we quoted last week? It says in Ephesians 2.1, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You couldn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. You couldn't respond to them. But his Spirit quickened you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it this way, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If you're in Christ from the standpoint that you possess spiritual life, it's because you're a new creature, and only God can create. And we can furthermore read the passage in John 3. I believe it's uh, verse 3. This is how you're born again. Jesus said, The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of God. If you can find out how one person has ever been born again, you'll know how everyone that ever will be born again is born again. And here Jesus makes it crystal clear. He says the wind, he says the spirit is sovereign. In the same way the wind blows where it pleases, the spirit goes where it pleases. You can hear the sound of the wind, you can see the effects of it, but you, you I, you cannot control the wind. Now, you can't hear the sound of the wind. You can hear the sound of the effects of the wind on the trees and other things. But we have no control over the Spirit in the same way that we have no control over the wind. And I want you to know that God's Spirit will find everyone that he chose in Christ before the world began, and he will impart spiritual life to them while they're yet dead in trespasses and sins. And when that transpires, we've been born again. We're eternally saved. We're eternally secure because Jesus came and saved us from our sins. I appreciate this opportunity to speak to you, and we look forward to perhaps being with you at another time.
You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located seven miles east of Gordo and ten miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.